everybody. Welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, aka Figure Chick 911. Awesome as always to have you here with us. And we're going to take a little turn on the topic of our podcast as we're entering the holiday season. So at the time of this recording, this is actually November. And as you all know, if you haven't been in any stores as of late, the holiday season is among us. We have Thanksgiving coming up here next week, and then then it will be Christmas Palooza, right? And push us all the way back into the, all the way up into the new year. And part of the dimension of our company and definitely our goal with these podcasts is to come alongside you and fill in some voids for you to champion your goals. And a lot of people, when you sit down and you say, okay, what are my goals and this, that, and the other, I want to pull you away from the goals that are necessarily, let's say, money-driven or career-driven or you have travel goals, this, that, and the other, and get you to start thinking about goals as it pertains to your relationships with people. Now, you may not have ever considered it in this realm before, but this time of year is usually the time where you're going to be having family gatherings or office parties or neighborhood holiday cocktail parties or something like that where there's going to be social places where you're invited to be, okay? And perhaps this dimension of your life, the relationship aspect with other people, not because you're a jerk, perhaps you've been distracted or whatever, let's just say that this area of your life has not been built out yet. It's not quite, you're not fulfilled in your relationships as of yet. And so when you're looking at your goals, really one of your goals is, you know what, I really want to have a quality group of friends that I can be myself with, that we can talk about things of the world instead of other people. Do you know what I'm saying? We can get together, we can have a fun time, and it's a safe environment. We don't have bad behavior tactics happening, this, that, and the other. Or perhaps, you know, I would like to have an intimate relationship with somebody. I'm ready to get back into the dating scene, or, you know, I'd like to polish up my existing relationship or my, my existing relationships you know, and develop them out. So really, when you start to look at how you can use your goals, okay, I believe in living your life intentionally. And so for me to be intentional, like you have to know what it is that that you actually want, you know, I, I want to have better quality relationships. And so we'll get into issues, you know, relationships with yourself, that's something separate. Relationship with God, you know, that infuses every dimension of your life, but I'm going to separate that out. And today we're going to be talking about relationships with others as, you know, one of the goals, but specifically, dun, dun, dun. What happens when perhaps your current station is you don't have those relationships, not because you're totally by yourself, but perhaps the people that you're around haven't done as much personal development as you have. Because I know straight up, if you're on this podcast, somehow or another, you're already on the track of personal development. Okay, and with personal development, 
there's a lot of truths which are exposed and a lot of course correction which takes place inside of you to clean up some of those areas and, and put them on the straight track, right? So that everything is, is nice and clean and polished. There's great communication and this, that, and the other. But most likely, I would say comfortably, unless your family brought you up in that environment, you may be one of the only people who has ever heard any of the information about personal development or about leadership. And from the get, that makes you the skew on the bell curve. <laughs> I know I'm talking to somebody right now, and you're like, whoa, I thought it was me this whole entire time. Okay, so before we move forward with this next aspect of the podcast, as always, I want to ensure that we're in the right frame of heart moving forward. That with personal development, you never want to acquire your information and then use it from a prideful standpoint as though I'm better than you. Okay? The goal with personal development, my personal belief, is to do what's called heart work, which is molding your heart to become more like Jesus' heart. That's truly what I believe. And you're going to learn through the course of your travels, like whoever's you know, personal development material you are listening to, whether it's ours, whether you're listening to Tony Roberts, Tony Robbins, excuse me, whether you're listening to Zig Ziglar, you're listening to Jim Rohn, you're listening to Eric Thomas, the one thing that you are going to find is a common thread throughout all of the greatest coaches and trainers is the element of God in their life. They will bring it, you've been on our podcast, we talk about God freely and how he is involved in life and different things about biblical principle, but so do the other guys. And really for me, that was one of the other forces that drove me to find out what they knew about God that I didn't. Because clearly, every successful person that I was looking at in the personal development space, even in the bodybuilding space, they all had a commonality and that was they all had a very, very large presence of God in their life. So I thought, well, (laughs) if they're doing it, I should probably be doing it too. I just didn't understand how that would march out. Okay, so at the heart of this, again, we're going to be talking about relationships, but it's never the information that we're going to be learning about some dysfunctional relationships as we're heading into the holiday season is not so that you can use this and have pent up bitterness and resentment and oh my gosh, I'm so much better than this other person. The purpose of this, number one, is to put yourself in the right position, heart-wise with God, okay? You're responsible for your own self. But secondly, is you have to also remember that there's a concept called iron sharpens iron, all right? And and you can put this in a teaching example, like your job is to, it, it like takes a village to raise people, that perhaps you have people who are younger than you, people who you are responsible for, people who you are leading and guiding, your job is to help them get on the right track also. Sometimes, though, what will happen is there's going to be resistance. 
when you are doing things which clearly challenge how everybody else is doing things. Gossip may be one of those. For those of you who don't know, gossip is actually, it's a cancer, um, but I also put it in part of my company in like the, the backbone, the policies and the procedures and things like that, like the employee handbook, that from the get, if any person is gossiping, it's grounds for termination. I know that sounds steep, but that was something that's truly important to me because I don't, I don't like to live around that level of negativity and quite honestly, it's wrong because it never, it, it just always casts a bad shadow on everybody else. And it's something that I, I, don't, I don't do to the best of my capacity. You know, I don't, I, I'm a human, but you know, any situation where I find that there's gossip, I will literally pick up and move or I will end the conversation or change the subject or something. And oftentimes I will say, I can't have this conversation because it violates my company policy of no gossip. And I gotta tell you, having the courage to do that, when you're around groups of people, I mean, think about this. Gossip is really defined as anything negative said about another person to somebody who has no power to change things. All right, so that's like a lot. Like gossip is a very, very prevalent thing. And so when you're making those abrupt changes like that, it automatically puts you in an area where now you almost have lost your commonality around other people because up to that point, the only thing that anybody ever talked about was other people. <laughs> so now you don't want to do that. You want to talk about ideas. You want to talk about things which, you know, uplift and encourage, you know, and, and excite, you know, all these different things, things that aren't going to pent up people's emotions in a bad way. But, you know, you want to talk about bigger concepts and ideas and have a discussion and not a debate. And when you're dealing with individuals who have not been involved in any level of personal development, whether this comes through, again, podcasts, whether this comes through written word, whether this comes even straight up through biblical teaching, it can be a very lonely road oftentimes. But what I want to encourage you about, and then we're going to get into the real topic of the podcast today and talking about some of the, the misguided behaviors that we see during the holidays and how to command yourself as you negotiate those spaces. Um, what I want to encourage you about is that oftentimes as you're developing, you're going to have to start to make choices about where you place yourself. And again, it's never done from a place of pride or ego. It's done with the intention of as since we're talking about like like personal relationships, not business, but personal, where am I bringing my family in the future? And does this environment here serve that mission and the vision that we have set for our family, yes or no? Okay, so again, like is this bringing me close to our, us closer to our goals or farther away? And then how do you negotiate that space in between? Is this a situation where we have to not be present? Is this a situation where we have a viable relationship 
and we have to open up the, you know, the dialogue and the communication to massage some of these things out and explain why we're doing what we're doing and where we're going, or is this like a no-go? You're going to learn how to have those conversations. You're going to learn how to, you know, be present with people and, and touch people so that you can have respect for one another's differences and live together in a very, very peaceful and loving way. But there's going to be many times when it's a no-go. And I know what that's like when you can feel like, I'm just like, I don't even know what the hell to do here anymore. Like the level of dysfunction is so high. And again, this can be friendships. This can be your romantic relationships. This can be your family. This can be your work environment. This can be your neighborhood. Like relationships, like your life is in your relationships. But as you start to develop, the only thing that's going to necessarily, let's say, change other people, number one, is their desire to actually change. But number two, you lead by example. And so when you're moving through those beginning phases, in comes the importance of being able to command your emotionality. And this is the thread. We talk about this all the time on this podcast. Well, how do you do that when emotions are high? How do you do that if, you know, let's say the holidays are a rough time for your family? How do you do that if you don't have a significant other or the relationships, you don't have a whole lot of quality relationships in your life and you notice that this is the time when you're starting to feel lonely. Like, let's face it, like the holidays, they have a lot of pomp and circumstance and hoopla surrounding them, but for a lot of people who I know, and speaking of myself personally, like they can be really, really rough because it's very hard to try to like, I think that most of us do it, and yes, I said us, is that you have this vision in your head of how you want it to be. And when it doesn't match the expectation, like you come back and you come away from it chronically disappointed. What I'm here to tell you is that, I guess first of all, you have to have properly managed expectations. (laughs) But the next thing is this, is that your steps always have to be directed and guided by love. And as you're entering different environments, be knowledgeable and respectful and merciful to the fact that whatever you're feeling and you're going through, you have to remember other people are going through their junk too. It's simply that by your being on a personal development track, you have very advanced skills and knowledge and tactics and strategies okay on how to march through things and your level of strength and endurance and perseverance has been sharpened over the ages over the over time rather and you're at a different place and more times than not people look to you as that guiding beacon and or they're so caught up in their own junk that they, they never continue on that path of growth and development and they simply become stunted in their normal habits. 
Does that make sense? And so you come in, you know, and you're especially like, man, if you've been in the personal development space and you're getting coaching on, on any number of fronts, you're used to operating at a very, very high frequency and you come back to places where the growth has been stunted. And it's just like, it's like getting smashed in the face with a frying pan. And you forget what it's like to be in that spot because you haven't, you haven't been living there. You've been living like this free, you know, you can, you can stretch and spread your wings and then you come back in and you remember why you started branching out to begin with. And perhaps it happened very suddenly or um, subtly and it was gradually over time or maybe the level of dysfunction in your home. And this has been a lot of my coaching clients. The level of dysfunction in their house was so high that they, it was like they broke out and they were just like, I'm out of here, I can't take it anymore. And then when they come back for the holidays, they're like, holy crap, I forgot what it was like there. But now I have nothing in common with these people anymore. And it changes. It's not like I don't have anything in common with my family anymore. It's these people. And so you have to always check yourself, okay, that you are still remaining operating from a point of love and grace and compassion, but also being mindful of the fact that when you're going into environments where there's still a lot of behavioral dysfunction, that you can't expect your oneself to be that prism that like bends the light and you know, now you have this beautiful rainbow of cascading color and there's unicorns jumping and glitter and flowers and all these things because they're not in that space yet. Do you know what I'm saying? So as you're going in there, like, here's what I can tell you is that when you have, um, what would be the word? <sighs> Anxieties or, ah, oh, shit, here comes the holidays now. They're going to have to go through this and you know, Aunt Marge is going to be, you know, half in the bag and this, and, right? You, you see these things, you hear these things and, and they're a part of you and you, you loathe going back there. You are in the position to make the decision on whether or not you're going to go into those environments again. Okay. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Okay, when it comes to relationships, I always recommend that you make all your relationship decisions with God. Okay, because one of the plots of the devil is to actually destroy families. And so, again, we're going to be focusing on the family frontier rather than the, the career professional, but th th there's things which will apply into the professional front as well. Make your decisions with God. He will show you the, the steps that you need to take. He will oftentimes arrange the situation where if there was something that caused you major anxiety, if he doesn't want you in that environment, he will move it to the side and it, it will, won't be even an issue for you to deal with anymore. That's all that I can say. So again, get close with him during this time of year and literally let him take the wheel on making those decisions so that you're not making, let's say, lifetime decisions based on temporary emotion. 
okay? Because as we know, emotions, feelings, they're just rooted in your physiology. And as people, we're able to pull memories from the left side of our brain, which add fuel to the fire. It's like the process of overthinking and you just like, you imagine and and you form snap judgments about people's motivations, this, that, and the other. And then before you know it, you're aggravated before you even get there. And that's not how it's supposed to be. You need to be making all of your decisions from that place of peace and power. Okay, and decide ahead of time what it is that you're going into this, in this case, family function or, you know, situation for. And then also properly adjust your expectations. I want to, this is the first time I've ever put this topic out uh, in a verbal way. So I feel like I'm, I'm stumbling along my words because relationships are so much more of a unique thing than just like straight up business tactics, I feel. And um, I also believe that people are more good hearted than bad. And oftentimes they simply have just been taught the wrong information. And as you're around individuals who are dysfunctional, okay, what you need to know is that behaviors are taught, okay, just like generation to generation. And this can go back to like family culture issues or neighborhood culture issues. And it just becomes a habit, okay? Now, you know how hard it is to change a habit. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example, Um, a habit and a behavior. So if you, let's say brushing your teeth, let's say, um, or just try this, try brushing your teeth with the opposite hand tomorrow and see, number one, do you remember to do it? Number two, how adept you are at actually doing it. And most people will be like, oh my God, I forgot to brush my teeth with my other hand. And then when you do it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Like I can't. My wrist doesn't bend that way and I feel like I have to move my head and not my wrist because I don't have that, <laughs> that skill set, that fine motor skill of brushing my teeth. Behavior is exactly the same way, all right? It's rooted in like a mind-muscle connection, but it's also with behavior, interpersonal behavior, it's rooted in physiology. So what I'm going to help you with here is how to, let's talk about stepping through different sticky situations and commanding your emotionality. And then perhaps on other podcasts, we can talk about specific behaviors and and how to recognize them. All right. So with this one, when, here's what I'm going to tell you. When it comes to commanding your emotionality with any sort of relationship, when you understand why people do what they do, it removes your heightened emotions away from it. Not that you accept it and you're like, oh, okay, there's peace, love, you know, <laughs> and harmony in the world. You know, everybody, everybody's entitled to their own thing and they're just... No, what I'm saying is that your presence, when you recognize the dysfunction and you are, you're clear, like you see what it is, you understand that if you can picture kind of like a little cyclone, 
if you would. And people with their behavior, they're often stuck in these little behavior cyclones. And it's very hard for them to first and foremost realize that they're in it because they're just in it. And second of all, it's hard for them to step outside of it because of the velocity of the spin and how that's actually attached to their internal physiology. So many times what you're gonna see is that when people have, let's say, habits of lashing out, or people who, things could be fine and they just, it's like they throw bombs down, not knowledge bombs, but things which spark and, and cause conflict. And you're just like, can we just, get along today why does it have to be so hard all the time what you're going to find is that it's a biochemical craving and much like anything if you feel good after you eat chocolate uh, a, a drug addict of any substance whether we're talking alcohol we're talking crack we're talking anything the high that they get it's, it's rooted in what happens chemically inside of the body, and you're always kind of like chasing the high. Well, people who have that dysfunction of causing conflict or high, high drama, high emotional environments, at any social gathering that they go to, it actually fulfills a biochemical craving that they have. They come, they have come to develop at the cellular level their chemicals being at a certain level. And when there's peace and harmony, it upsets those chemicals and they don't have that percolation of the brain chemicals anymore. And therefore, the body in its very primal, primal state is seeking to get that high again. This is why addiction centers are so like, you have to know about them because it, it's not just substance related, it's also the feedback from other people or the feedback from the situation that heightened, that, that unexpected, that large emotional charge that comes out, that's, that's their drug. And so when you see that happening, all of a sudden you can recognize it. And it's almost like you have, if you would, like an out, not an out of body experience, but it's like you're standing in a aerial view of, of this room that you're in and you can see yourself and the other people and you're able to recognize their behavior as simple as mapping out with like X's and O's on a football play card. You know, like one team is all the O's, the other team is all the X's, and you have the, the arrows, you know, this guy's going over here, so I'm mapping out the plays. Same exact thing, you have this aerial view, and all of a sudden, your emotions, you're not, you're not sucked into their cyclone, because all of a sudden, now you recognize this. Whoa. I caught, uh, so I see what you're doing. And now, you actually have compassion for that other person. But here's the thing. You can't go vomiting all over these people and saying, gosh, I have so much compassion because you're, you're just causing conflict within our family because you have this biochemical craving. I mean, come on, they're gonna toss you out of the freaking house. The purpose of me telling you this is so that when you're in that space, you don't allow your energy 
to become disjointed, you don't allow your energy to be siphoned, and you don't donate your energy into that area of dysfunction. You are able to remain emotionally neutral. What you choose to do with that, you know, that's going to be up to you. That's your decision. Does that make sense? And perhaps you never thought about it that way, but that's exactly habit formation and biochemistry. All right? Those, they, they dictate a lot of human behavior. And so you can't expect individuals who have never, first of all, been informed or honestly own that information that the way that they behave is actually not right. This is, they don't know it or they refuse to look at it for any number of reasons, whether it's pride and ego or just they, they're not educated. They may have a lot of information, but part of the education process is and it expands your mind to be able to consider different, different viewpoints. And if you have, in this case, we're talking about families and family parties because we're moving into the holiday season here, but if you're surrounded by a family who traditionally has not been educated or has not been involved in any level of personal development, they're not going to be at that, I don't know so much of a cognitive level, it's their mind has not been trained on how to view things from a different angle. They only can see things within their very, very, very small, small field of vision. The other thing is this, highly charged emotional situations stimulate the part of your brain which is involved in fight or flight. And when you have all that adrenaline, which is now being produced, it has physiologic effects on the body, which inhibit any person from taking in new information, right? When you are in fight or flight, it narrows your vision, you get tunnel vision, you don't hear and process information logically. You just you're in your space it's just like when you see people on TV and or if you've seen people in life who are like completely stressed out how do you get their attention you have to get up in their face or if you're on TV what do they do they smash you know they crack the people across the face and whoa okay I'm here now they like snap them out of that stress response but that's what you're dealing with so I tell this to you so that as you're making decisions or you find yourself in a place where everything was fine and all of a sudden, like, the whole entire climate of the room changed because, you know, Uncle, I don't know, Uncle George just decided to, you know, do whatever he does and, and bring up something or, you know, cause a lot of problem. You're going to be able to see it and recognize it and... I think on, on a certain level process it at the same level that a parent processes temper tantrums with a two-year-old. Okay, let's leave this door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're crying right now because the grass is green. You know what I'm saying? You ever see kids who are having temper tantrums and you're walking and it's like 
out of nowhere. They just are like, Aah! and you're like, oh my God, what's the matter? The grass is green. Aah! And like, you're thinking to yourself, is this really happening? And never when I was growing up did I imagine myself in a situation where I'm going to be having a discussion with a kid who's melting down because the grass is green. I mean, that this was not in like Dr. Who was it? Dr. Spock's book of, of parenting. Like, what the hell is this? Oh, you must be tired. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing when you're in those highly charged emotional situations. Like, you're just gonna remind, you're just gonna, you'll probably be anticipating that somebody's gonna throw down. It's not if, it's when. Okay? <laughs> so when you're in that space, you're going to be coming in ready for it. You're not going to be caught off guard. And then whenever or whatever that thing is, that, that firebomb which gets thrown into the family dinner party or the cocktail party or God forbid like the car trip if you're taking a long car ride someplace, like there's nowhere for you to leave if you're in the car, right? Is you're not going to be affected by it. It's it's like you're living, you have your energy shield up and you're not going to be phased by it. Okay? And so then at that point you have a choice. You have a choice to either draw people into your peace or you can allow yourself to be sucked into their chaos. And as a leader, it's your it's your responsibility to decide which avenue you're gonna take. Nine times out of ten, jumping into the chaos is not going to solve the problem. Think about it. Has it ever? Or has it just escalated the issue? And then all of a sudden there was like this big explosion and then it was like <laughs> the dust settles and we're like, okay, we don't have to do that again for another 365 years. Oh my God. And then you go home and you drink because you're just like, oh my God, I can't take it anymore. You know, like what I'm saying is that doesn't serve you well. That usually sets you back in terms of your goals. It doesn't move your relationships forward in any dimension. And it, it can be just you come out the opposite end and you feel worse than when you even started. Does that make sense? Does that give a little bit of clarity on why people do what they do? You know, as you have biochemical craving and that's what causes people to lash out, but it also becomes a habit, a habit that's trained and a habit that's fed into and a habit that continues, unless it's curtailed in, you know, along the way by a change of culture, change of operations, somebody, you know, comes in, their heart is changed. And that's why I, I have a hard time necessarily speaking about relationships. In my, in my mind and in my heart, I always leave that space opening for God. Because I, I firmly believe that no matter how far gone people seem to be, no one is too lost for God to find. And once he calls your ticket, <laughs> whether, you know, you wake up one day and you realize like, hey, what I'm doing no longer serves me, or he pulls your, your collar and he's just like, nope, we're out of here. Sometimes 
not sometimes, every time God has that call on your life, you will start to encounter a completely different version of people. And so when I speak on relationships, I, I use, I, I feel like I have to be way more careful um, in what I say because I don't, I don't fully align with the culture of, you know what, if these people don't do things that make me happy, I'm going to cut them out of my life. That is not the message that I wish to convey on this podcast or in my writing or when I'm speaking from the front of a room from any stance. What I commit myself to doing is empowering you with tactics and strategies on how to first and foremost lead yourself so that as you are making decisions, again, you're not making entire life decisions. In this case, as it pertains to your relationships, family, friends, any number of loved ones or whomever, based on a set of temporary emotions. Does that make sense? You know, being, let's say, in love or feeling um, valued or appreciated or affirmed by people in your life is... I think it's a highlight benefit factor of being in a relationship, but when you have people who are honestly in a relationship, you can't be in the relationship with the intention of getting the affirmation back. How about that? Because that's, that at its core fundamental, that's not the definition of love. Okay, so let's review, like love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of wrongs. Okay, remember that? That's up in the Bible. So love is very much outwardly and others expressed. I think that middle ground is, okay, if I'm going to have that view of love and love is soft and gentle, sometimes you can over over invest or over give or put yourself around a person or a group of people who don't mirror that image of love and you're trying to build a relationship on what essentially is superficialities it's not the foundation of love does that make sense and that's why like moving through a dating process or you know solidification of different friendships and things like that you're going to get to know people and it's not like you're looking at people through the lens of a microscope to find out you know what their deal is it's when you're looking to establish your firm foundation you want to align yourself with people who have the same heart as you. Does that make sense? So it's not so much what they do, it's it's what's what is their heart. And inside the heart, honest to God, for my advanced coaches on this podcast, um, where where are they with their position towards God? That when you read things about being unequally yoked 
what that means is one person is more advanced on their walk with God, has a closer relationship with God than the other one. And it makes it makes the relationship challenging in many ways. Simply because some of that the core fundamental values and methods of operation, if you would, are going to be different. And usually the, the energetic frequency between those two individuals is going to be different. It's going to be a mismatch. The danger is that when you're on that path is that you can become very prideful even if you don't realize it. And usually like you have like the, the, that energy of God and like you're excited about it and other people, it, sometimes your energy comes out so bright that it can deter people and it's it's learning how to command your emotionality so that regardless of how bright your aura shines like you're still able to be with other people it's just that not everybody is is going to be in your inner circle as you're moving forward does that make sense and I, I want to bring this up because as, again, we're entering this last, we're in the last quarter of the year and we're entering the holiday season, I can't tell you how many of my coaching clients that I have more on the life coaching and the organizational leadership coaching side of my business bring up the concept and, and the idea about having goals in relationships and a lot of them also have God in their life and they want to have peace on their family front. But with experience comes wisdom. And once you understand, I think two things here, once you understand why people do what they do, it puts you at a different place where your expectations of people who have maladaptive behaviors you recognize the fact that they're not going to grow at this season of their life they're committed to staying where they are for whatever reason so you tend to allow for more grace and mercy not bad behavior that is clearly wrong but you don't allow yourself to become invested in their chaos there's a line of separation here. And again, you, you remain in your peace and in your power. There was a second point and I totally forgot it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can tell this is a new topic because I haven't fully explored it here. But what I'm saying is that that element of relationship, it, it's what makes life beautiful. But every strength is also a great weakness is that learning how to negotiate your way through less than optimal environments is a challenge for every person and perhaps you're not able to change the dynamics of your family as it sits but you never know what's going to happen over the course of the next, or the next five years. So what I'll tell you 
all right, in efforts to, we're going to wrap up this podcast here, maybe one final strategy to assist you in maintaining your emotionality and commanding your emotionality as you navigate some highly charged emotional places from the holidays is that, again, you're always in the driver's seat and you have the choice on whether or not you choose to enter those environments. Okay, so own that. Now you say, oh my God, well, but listen, I'm going to tell you, you always have a choice. You may not like the consequences of those choices, but you still have a choice nonetheless. So put yourself back into the driver's seat, okay, and become 100% responsible for how you choose to command yourself. Okay, so you have a choice as to whether or not you choose to go into those environments from the get. Okay, now step two, once you're in those environments, or even if you're not, oftentimes if you are challenging or (laughs) turning off some of your relationships, most likely you're going to be haunted with pieces of guilt. Especially if you were brought up Catholic. (laughs) That's why I gave up guilt for Lent so many years ago. And it worked out so well that I never put it back. Okay, because (laughs) I'm telling you, like, you will become haunted by it. And I see this a lot with my female clients. Like, God, I just feel so bad and I just want to give and I just want to do. This is what's going to help you. Okay, if you're not used to operating from a place of being in your power and being in your peace and how you choose to negotiate your way forward is imagine if you would a hallway okay and in this hallway like it's a super super long hallway at the beginning of the hallway this is like a timeline of of your life if you would and the beginning of the hallway is when you were born and the hallway has a lot of doors all along this hallway and so when you open up one of the very first doors maybe you see your preschool and you look inside there and everybody's like you know happy and cute and whatever and it's not like you have bad feelings against the 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 things your little preschool or whatever but it's it's a finished chapter of your life and you don't keep the door open because you don't have those little kids you know like running around and, and throwing blocks at one another or whatever like you just like you've reconciled with that with that element of your life and, and you close the door and they it remains in the hallway but the door is shut and then you move up the hallway and then maybe you get to junior high and you open up the door for junior high and you look in there and you're like oh my god junior high was like the worst time of my entire life and you know the braces and this that and the other it was an awkward time in my life and you know all the kids made fun of me and I do not want to go back to junior high you close the door Okay, and you keep walking down the hallway in every area of your life, you can picture behind these doors, okay? And you keep the doors shut, so it's just you in the hallway, okay? Now, bring yourself to the point in time where now it's, in this case, it's your family, okay? Or the people, maybe you don't have family, maybe it's it's your close friends, whatever this is, you know, family isn't just your blood, it's the people, you know, that you hang around. Perhaps there's this level of dysfunction, and as you're entering now this holiday season, like you know what you're going to be expecting. You know that 
you know, Aunt Marge is going to be, you know, half in the bag and, and she's going to be falling down all over the place and Lord knows what the hell she's going to say next. And, and uh, you know, Uncle George is... <laughs> Good thing he even wore pants today. And he's <laughs> <just> like... <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, if you can't laugh at some point about it, I mean, really? Okay, but the question is whether or not you want those people in the hallway with you, okay? And so you're allowed to place them in your mind behind this doorway, okay? And you can open up the doorway, and when you look inside there, you're like, yep, still dysfunctional. And you close the doorway, and you return into the hallway, okay? Does that help you? And you can do that with any place that you go, and you just like, you silence it off, okay? Just like, shut the door on the dysfunction, and you can remain in peace and quiet and solitude inside of your mind, even though you're like three feet away from the dysfunction. Like the only thing that separates you is like a a two and a half inch of plywood or something like that on the other side of the door. And with the relationships, like you can go back there. Like perhaps there was something big and bad that happened in your family. You know, maybe it was an illness or a death or you know, some big, you know, piece of of drama that happened, you know, um, with the family, you know, there was infidelity in a marriage or something like that. And it all came to surface and like everybody was out of sorts. And maybe just what needed to happen was to have some of those emotions, you know, kind of die down a little bit. And when you go back and you revisit, you're like, (laughs) nope, still like that. You have to, you have to be able to catch on to habits and patterns and cycles. Okay, because then as you're marching forward, it solidifies you in your position of making every decision from a place of peace rather than fear-based decisions of, oh gosh, I wonder what Aunt Marge is going to do, or gosh, I wonder what Uncle George is going to do, or God, I just hate going there, and blah, like you think that it's going to be so terrible. You always want to be from the vantage point of peace and love, but not over the edge of you're placing yourself in environments which are harmful. Okay, so for my other coaches who are on this, you know, I, again, I coach people from all different walks of life. And what I can tell you is you never want to make assumptions that just because people have a high level of success happening in one dimension of their life, that they're not dealing with shit in some other dimension. And some of the most successful people that I know, the people who are high level producers in different areas of their life, they made the hard decision. Or if you talk to some of the guys that are that I coach, they're like, you know, it was not a hard decision. <laughs> like I just, I do not want to be around their negative bullshit anymore. Those are the alphas that I coach. And they're like straight out there, this is why I don't do it. All right? Once in a blue moon, we have, you know, a wedding or we have a big family something where basically it's like inevitable that we're all going to be together and this is just confirmation as to why I don't F with these people. You know, don't F with people who F with people you wouldn't F with. Trying to cut back on my swearing. (laughs) But if that helps you, that sometimes you reach that point where we're not doing this anymore. 
okay? It is clear that we've had repeated conversations. I've extended my hand to try to make peace and no matter what I do, the target is always moving and you're dropping if you're talking about the other people on the other side of the table, if you would. You're dropping what you're willing to give. I come down to meet you and you're dropping yourself to lower level behaviors. Those are tactics of manipulation and people who refuse to grow. It's again, it's backed by habit, it's backed by physiology, but it's also covered up largely by pride and ego, which is a topic for a whole different day. But you never have to stoop to their level. The other aspect that is not always talked about when it comes to biblical principle, and this is what I understand, you know, from, from what I've been taught. Growing up, we were very much, and still are, very much a giving family. And in our family, women are over-givers that will give and will give and will give until you're just like leached completely dry. And if people are not receptive of your giving, we'll actually try harder and give more at higher levels. And this has been a habit which has gone, you know, throughout. And unfortunately, for generations, like the health of the women in my family has been one of those things which has suffered because of this element of giving beyond when your vessel has been emptied. And so the other aspect of it is how do you know? How do you know when, when too much is too much? How do you learn how to draw the line? And to this, ladies, I would ask for you to consider the opposite point of if you have a husband and, you know, men are very, to the, for the most part, they're very clear line in the sand. Like they like to have peace. And when somebody steps over the boundaries, like they will shut that shit down in a hurry and they expect you to do the same. And that's not how you've been designed. You've been designed, quote unquote, as a weaker vessel. Weaker not as in your frail, weaker as in you have a heart which has more, it has more, you're motherly, so it's the role of estrogen. So you can learn how to command yourself in those situations. And I don't like to use the word boundaries because boundaries in my mind violates what love is all about. But there are people do not operate on the highway of love, that you have the responsibility of staying clear from them, or if it's inevitable, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself and, and draw the line in the sand as to how you permit yourself to be treated amongst the dysfunction. But eventually you're gonna reach a tipping point as you go along your path of personal development, if those individuals refuse to grow, what are you going to do if it is that highly dysfunctional? Do I want to have my children in that environment, yes or no? No, we're not going there. Or when we go there, now you have a lot of education to do with your children going in so that they understand, you know, 
what it is that they're seeing or why you're making the choices that you're making. You know, kids today are like super, super smart and they're on all sorts of YouTube channels and they're all up into personal development and psychology and you have to set the standard as to what's expected and accepted. And again, that's what makes relationships hard. But you can't do that level of teaching when you're caught up in your feels all the time. So I try to provide you with some tactics and strategies, you know, whether you visualize these things and how to separate yourself so that as you're leading other individuals or you're just negotiating your way through these situations, that you're really doing things with a clean and open heart and you're consistent about it. And for my advanced coaches, like you're moving forward the kingdom of God rather than allowing yourself to be smashed over into, you know, some of the fast and, and not loving ways of the, of the world. Does that make sense? I know, this is such a huge topic. Like, we could go on forever. But this is actually the end of our podcast for today. So I hope that this first little step that we make to put our our toe in the water of negotiating our way with relationships was helpful for you. I'm going to put some more thought into this because now my, my mind is like brimming with ideas on how we can actually do this and empower you to be marching through your holiday season with full vibrancy and energy and love and come out the other end feeling strong and rejuvenated and and ready to take on the brand new year. So again, this has been the Transformation Gold Podcast. Your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, aka Figachick911. Go ahead and hit us up on our newly being designed website, which of course is transformationgold.org. You'll see links to our fitness division as well as the personal and professional division. Yes, it's very, very generic right now. (laughs) I'm working on website design myself. (laughs) But if there's anything that we can do to serve you, your team, your organization, please do not hesitate to reach out. We deliver our coaching worldwide via Skype. We can do webinar, FaceTime. We also travel via planes, trains, and automobiles. So invite us out. We're happy to serve you. Let's go out there and make it a great day, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.